Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey everyone. Welcome to tonight's episode of Post Daily Dose. I am Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live tonight. Um, first, I want to give a quick plug for this fabulous book written by Brian Post, the other founder of the Post Institute. Uh, many of you all have asked, where is Brian? Um, and so, actually, towards the end of October, um, he expressed some overwhelm with all the um, all the different hats he's wearing and trying to, I was picturing him spinning plates, you know, and so he's got all these plates spinning in all these different directions, and so um, I have elected to um, stand in for him until whatever time he decides he wants to come back to do our Post Daily Dose. So, um, I am Christy Saul. I'm the co-founder of the Post Institute. I've been around from the beginning. Um, so, um, I am not Brian. Uh, he is a brilliant, gifted educator, um, and I love the way he teaches. Um, I've learned from him so much over the 20 years of our working together, and um, I'm blessed um, to learn this model. I'm blessed to be able to share this model with others. I've been blessed to walk through all of our post-institute endeavors and um, so I feel blessed to be here. Hey, Mimi, nice to see you. I see lots of other people tuning in. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about adoption is trauma. Actually, what, what sparked me wanting to talk about it a little bit more, I know I talked about it on November 1st as we were stepping into Adoption Awareness Month. And actually, out of that specific Facebook Live, a quote came from me that um, we have a new person creating memes and I want to give a shout out to her because honestly, I think she's doing a brilliant job. She picks the most beautiful pictures, I think, and puts our words into beautiful quotes that I think are going very well. I am going to laugh because, you know, how does it happen that I have such a beautiful creative um, partner in our team? who also shares the same weakness of spelling. <laughs> so, I wanna tell you guys how much I love you all. Um, thank you for pointing out when we have typos or when we have a misspelled word or when we get presence and presence confused. Um, uh, here's what I say about it when it makes us approachable, and we are, we're not perfect, we're far from it, we're just, you know, we're just fallible human beings out here doing the best we can to share something positive, and it helps us get to know you all better, and so that's a cool piece of it. One of the things I learned early on in being a business owner was that there would be mistakes. We try our very best, but there's mistakes that always happen, and when mistakes happen, it's just an opportunity for us to connect more until we get it worked out. And so, um, I just, I want to give a shout out to Kyra. She is, um, she's jumping in. She's never done this before. So she's jumping in with both feet. And I feel like over the last month, just watching this grow has been incredible. So this one particular graphic was shared, um, yesterday and there are 41 comments which tell me that it is something that a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about. So I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. So um, the quote actually says, adoption is trauma. It may be the lesser of two traumas, but it is still trauma. 
Uh, Joni says, mistakes keep us humble. Yes, they do. And Jill says, as an educator, I assure you there is no correlation between spelling ability and intelligence. Whoa, woo, woo. High five. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> I absolutely appreciate that. So I can misspell words and still have very intelligent thoughts. And Kyra can misspell words and still be amazingly brilliant and creative. So I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate the grace you all extend us. So let's talk about this concept that adoption is trauma. Um, first of all, um, one of the most important pieces of everything that I'm going to talk about is the reality that there are lots of different kinds of trauma that happen pre-birth and early life. So this is not in saying adoption is trauma. It is no way excluding that there are other traumas. And it's no way saying that adoption is a bad thing. Um, it is just pointing out um, that there's there's a piece of adoption that we need to give thought to. Um, and also, there's a lot of information about brain development and uh, overall mind-body development in the womb that science is just now helping us learn about and understand. And so, um, there were people who commented who are adoptees. And what I, my message to people who are adopted is this, your story trumps everything else. So I don't care what science says. I don't care what this, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I don't even care what I say. Because what your story is, what your truth is, how you experience, how you feel is ultimately the most important. So regardless of what science is telling us, I just want to make sure to note that you know that we honor and respect the individual story first and foremost. So with that said, I want to talk a little bit about the concept that adoption is trauma and it may be the lesser of two traumas, but it's still trauma. And it came from um, a recording I did on November the 1st. So November is Adoption Awareness Month and it is a time when the world of adoption um, there's kind of two different factions. One is um, adoption awareness, and they are bringing awareness to the community of the tremendous need for adoption and permanency. That uh, the understanding that as human beings, we thrive better in loving, fertile soil. That um, when we get planted in loving, fertile soil, we thrive much better. There's also a faction, um, and that they talk about Adoption Awareness Month. So that's Adoption Month and Adoption Awareness Month. And folks who talk about Adoption Awareness Month um, also want to help the world know that um, it is very complex, that adoption is not all sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops, that we are not here to be the saviors, that savior complex in the arena of adoption usually um, falls to the wayside um, because it's hard work. Parenting is hard work and parenting children who come from tough places is hard work. And so to say that adoption is trauma, it may be the lesser of two traumas, but it's still trauma is simply speaking to several things. One, um, the idea that um, if a family is abusive and neglectful to their child, then that is trauma. Adoption out of that is, although it, it, it is 
being removed from a traumatic situation, it's still a separation from what you know. And so just that separation from everything that you've ever known is traumatic. So it may be the lesser of two traumas, but it's still trauma um, for children who are in orphanages. Um, to have a baby, uh, to have 20 babies and three care, and I don't know, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an expert about orphanages, so I'm just making this up. So, you know, if there's 20 babies and five caregivers, that's a lot of babies that need a lot of holding. That's a lot of caregiving that's needed. And so it's very difficult in those settings for all of the needs to be met. So it'd be difficult for that to not be a traumatic environment. There's also just, at, that's just at a baseline, right? And there's also, you know, there's, there's stories of mass neglect and mass abuse. Mass not meaning mass numbers, but mass in terms of like catastrophic levels of abuse and neglect, even sex trafficking that occur in different environments such as orphanages. So it is complex. And so when I make a statement about adoption is trauma, it may be the lesser of two traumas, but it's still trauma. It's speaking to a very big story about adoption. It's not speaking really to every person's individual story. That said, I wanna talk a little bit about the womb and child development because oftentimes people don't understand how what's happening in the womb and why the womb experience is so important when it comes to parenting. And this is for any children. This is for all of us who are human. And so this information isn't just specific to adoption, but adoption creates a unique set of situations that we have to be mindful of. And so I actually took some notes because I wanted to try to make sure that I had my information correct. So this is, there's a whole lot more information. This teeny, 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 tiny little bit of information. So one thing to know is within the first month of pregnancy, the spine and brain stem are developed. So that's when it all closes up. I know a little bit about this because it's also when neurotubal defects happen, which is uh, spina bifida. So it's a myelomeningocil that happens to be something I know a little bit about. So the brainstem is developed within the fourth, four, first four weeks of pregnancy. So that means that we're talking about the beginning of the nervous system. And we know when we start thinking about behavior and behavior that's related to trauma, that oftentimes there are disruptions in the development of the central nervous system. So there could be increased tactile sensitivities. There could be um, self-stimulation in terms of like the rocking and things like that can all be connected to the development of the nervous system, which is as early as the fourth week. Uh, as early as the 16th week of pregnancy, the second trimester, um, hearing the baby's able to hear and there's evidence of processing. Now that doesn't mean processing cognitively the, way, the same way we do. It's a level of processing where the development of the brain is preparing for the world it's gonna be born to. So that's why, you know, like in some parenting, they show, you know, moms putting headphones on the baby and loving music. Okay, well that is beautiful and soothing and comforting. 
but what if the environment is full of chaos and screaming and yelling? So we've got a nervous system developing. Now we have ears that are hearing, taking in information for the purpose of survival. The brain is being developed so that it can survive that environment. So that's going to make a difference. That's just, that's all I can say to you. It's going to make a difference. It can't help but make a difference, right? In some way. So then the third trimester is when the cerebral cortex is formed. So the cerebral cortex starts being formed in the third trimester, and that is responsible for higher or order brain functioning, sensation, perception, memory association, and thought processes. Brian, in this book, um, talks a lot about the different parts of the brain, and I'm looking to see if I can find the exact chapter where he really goes into it. Anyway, if you don't have this book, one of the things that it does is it breaks down some of this brain science in bits that are so easy to understand and understand the functioning so that's the third trimester. So then let's, oh, I think, uh, Liera, I think you might be um, calling out some of your friends to be able to watch this. So cool. I hope I'm able to explain it. So, uh, but this book, I'm going to tell you, and it's a short read. I'm just going to go ahead and finish the plug. $7.95, feartolovebook.com, and you get an audio of it immediately. So if you pay that money, I ship you the book, plus you get an immediate audio so you could start listening right away. So in the third trimester, the cerebral cortex is being formed. So um, that means that whatever's going on within, so we've got a hearing baby, we've got a nervous system, and now we have parts of the brain that are responsible for higher orders of thinking being developed all in this environment. And remember, it's this. Okay, it's not like nine months like we live where we're here and we're there and we're here and we're there and what happened nine months ago and a million different things happened and we've had all this relief and all this sunshine and then clouds and then diversity. It's this, it's nine months of nothing but that experience and when you think about it biologically, it is beautiful biology because that way the baby's being developed for, for the world it's going to be born to. So here's something that is also very interesting. In the fourth trimester, the placenta begins to thin in preparation for birth. Now, from the world of the birth of premature babies, some incredible science has come out that's really helpful. So when babies are born premature, they are given a shot of cortisol, which is referred to as the stress hormone in the mental health industry. So they're given a shot of cortisol because it helps their, their lungs develop. Now, what they've done, because that's such a, um, a noted, it was such a noted uh, process that it was thoroughly researched. So they followed these children over time and they identified that prematurity and cortisol were linked to things like attention deficit disorder and hyperactivity difficulty focusing. And so what they learned out of that was then kind of backtracking and going, wait a minute, we see the same thing in high stress pregnancies. Wait a minute, when the mom is expressing high levels of cortisol in her own brain because of stress, those hormones flow to the baby. 
And so the baby then develops a higher level of sensitivity at the brain level. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? And so my heart says not only is the cortisol an impact, but there's also likely a grief impact that if the mom knows that the baby is, that the, she's you know planning to have the baby adopted, that there's going to be moments of possible internal conflict that she experiences, possible guilt that she experiences, possible grief that she experiences. And again, all of those hormones flow to the baby. Dr. Marcy Axness says that the baby's brain is being wired in the womb in preparation for the world that it will be born to. That is pretty profound. When I say adoption is trauma, even at birth, is simply saying the separation from all that is known is traumatic. All that was known, the sound, the heartbeat, the smell, what the mom ate, the emotions of the mom, all of that, nothing but that for nine months. Nine months at every day, 24-7 for nine months. That's all that this baby has experienced. And when we remove them from that, there is trauma. There's a beautiful book called The Body Keeps the Score that talks about how these things get stored in our body at the cellular level. That is not to say that adoption is a bad thing. That's not what this conversation is about. It's simply about helping us understand how it is that our children function. And the womb experience is so profound. I remember Brian, um, there's, you know, we've over 300 videos on this Facebook page alone of him sharing. And um, I can remember him talking about, and it may have been um, this time last year even, you might be able to go back and look at his um, adoption month videos and gain some beautiful insights. But he shared the story of meeting his first mother and learning about what his womb experiences was like. And she shared that um, she was very happy about being pregnant. Um, she knew that she was not gonna be able to keep Brian and raise him, but she was just very happy that she just maintained a sense of joy that this being, that, that she was able to create this beautiful being and a sense of assuredness that she was making the right decision and a sense of assuredness, and I think it was probably her faith that led her to a path of just feeling very assured in the process. And so he has a sister who had a very different womb experience, and and the, the difference is, all, is apparent, you know, in terms of her stress sensitivity and her ability to focus and her interests and all of those different factors all really speak to the womb experience. And so people talk about, is it nature or is it nurture? And what science is telling us is yes, it's both. Nature influences nurture and vice versa. The good news is that the parenting model we teach helps to, helps to bring out the best in us. So I, and we use the term, it helps create healing. And how it helps create healing is it helps us to create more calm at the brain level. It helps us identify sort of 
what the optimum level, you know, we all have an optimum level of functioning and stress. Like stress is like the spice of life. We have to have a little of it to get up and get out of bed. But if we have too much of it, or if we exceed our window of tolerance, if our self-care isn't intact, then it becomes detrimental. And so this model of parenting is simply helps bring out the best in a person, whatever that is. And so it helps just to, it, it invites us into this really connected way of parenting our children. It invites us into a connected understanding of ourself and our own stress, our own early life experiences, how our own early life experiences affect our subconscious, how how whatever our triggers are, where they may come from as being a deeper place. Um, often I say when I'm doing coaching with folks, uh, if there is a trigger that you're experiencing, it is very likely that it's coming from somewhere from about five and under because that's when our subconscious is being formed. So, um, I hope that that helps. <laughs> that was a lot and um, I hope it's helpful just in terms of understanding the intent of the quote, understanding where it comes from. I want to invite you, though, to in, to embrace your own story as, a, as adoptees. Whatever your experience is, is really what the most valid story is. Um, that trumps all because science doesn't take into account always every individual case study. And there is tremendous. If case study wasn't valid, we, the Post Institute, we wouldn't be here. And so everything that we all that we've developed has been tried. We've tried it. We've put it into place when we've raised our kids. We've put it into place when we have taught others. We've put it into place in operating group homes and operating therapeutic foster homes. And so everything we teach is really based on just that thing, that individual case study way of thinking. And so as adoptees, your story, your personal story supersedes everything else. And it's not to say that Trump, that, that adoption, I, I know that there was a comment about um, there's lots of medical trauma in the world. There's lots of pre-birth and early life trauma. Post-traumatic stress disorder as we think of it manifesting from that. But it also doesn't mean we should discount it. It just means that we take this information in along with other information and we store it in our hat of knowledge so that we can understand ourselves and our children and all of humanity in a different way. So with that, uh, let's just close it out. Remember what Brian tells us that at any given moment, we have two choices. We can act out of blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to three to 10, 20 deep breaths, whatever it takes. When we take those deep breaths, it helps oxygenate our brain. It helps to increase our oxytocin, the love hormone, so it can help modulate the cortisol, the stress hormone. We can feel the calm enter our mind-body system, and then we can choose love. So tonight, when you lay your head down, you put all those worries to the side, you lay your head back on that pillow, and you take some deep breaths. And then you remember one amazing moment from your day, whatever that may look like for you. It could be that um, 
It could be that you've been feeling really overwhelmed. Maybe you've been feeling really depressed. Maybe mustering the smile has been difficult and you just, you made it a point today when you were putting your kids to bed to laugh a little, to let joy soak in. So you take that moment and you blow that up. Whatever your one positive moment is, because that's what we want to build on. We want to build on those positive moments so that we can create more of them. Much love to you guys. Thank you for following our page. Thank you for such great comments. I love it when we say things that invite deeper conversation. That is how we grow together. I love y'all and we'll see you guys tomorrow.